0: Welcome listeners, as I drive down this dark diverse highway and pause to pick up John Aiken and Bob Fleming from Prog to Who, trek this out and take your seats. We are on a journey of discovery into the imagery and mastery of lynching landscapes, the efflux of stories interwoven in a tapestry of films. This is The Lynch Mob. Thank you listeners for tuning in again to another lynch mob. And this movie is the 2001 Mulholland Drive.
1: Yes, the girl is still missing.
2: What's wrong? I don't know who I am. I wonder where you were going. Mulholland Drive. Come on, it'll be just like in the movies.
3: We'll pretend to be someone else.
1: Silencio. This is all an illusion. The Lynch mobs back back in the room. What is the back. You're not you're not picking easy stuff to watch, though, are you? It's all it's all hard work, isn't it? There's lots of thought I have to go into it.
3: Is there anything easy that's Lynch? Uh, no, maybe that straight
1: story. That's straight
3: one. story, that's about it, isn't it? But well, no, elephant uh... man, as well, it's quite lenient. But it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god, it's unreal, isn't it? Fucking hell.
0: I've watched it already twice within two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure you probably yeah. have, haven't. You, yeah, you
3: have to, I yeah, think, don't yeah, it? you
0: have to to get to get the understanding of it. It's so good,
3: it's mind blowing because it's, it's weird because I've never seen this before ever. And I was just thinking, you know, oh, this is just Twin Peaks, isn't it? Which kind of is, all so it was meant to be you know, a spin-off or whatever, and it totally has a vibe, which is cool, and then it goes somewhere else, and then yeah. you have to go back and watch it all again because it's just fucked your mind up on it.
0: Well, Cause yeah, it's because it it's, it's, it's non-linear, isn't it? It's so, so cleverly done that, yeah, you know, whereabouts is the beginning of the film and is the end the end of the film?
3: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it. You've you got, you got it the ballpark of the
0: story that the people think it, it's it's a dream she's having... And she's going through these emotions due to the fact that she's had a hitman put out on a girlfriend because she was jealous of, you know, the way she was manipulating men to get her to a different position. And then yeah. she, in the story, a lot of people believe she shot herself and that was the end of the film. But that happens at the end and all, it, all what happens at the beginning, which she didn't really know for two thirds of the film, is it a story? is it a dream right. what's the end bit are
1: you try are you trying to imply that like after she shoots herself this is after that the dream sequence is set after
0: what that. i'm saying oh. is when she reaches for the gun do you see yeah. what's in the drawer there's a yeah. there's a box a blue, blue box, box. Yeah? yeah the blue box was in her dream as a blue box It was never in the real world the blue box because that blue get... that blue box was i think what she had to to
1: connect <laughs> With the key out <laughs> how quick have we gone down the rabbit fucking hole?
3: <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you what I think. I'll tell you yeah. this is this is the way I've seen it, and I've only seen it twice. I think I need to watch it again and again, really. Because it can change is that so you got the intro of dance the dance sequence. Yeah. And yeah. I I think and I don't yeah. know that that is um Diane. So we'll call we've got Diane and Betty, yes. haven't we? Yeah. yeah. And i yeah. think that's diane's childhood memory and her parents it's all nice and then you've got the shot of the person breathing under the blanket now i think that's diane going into a dream yeah. and hacked and i think that's sort of the end of the film is the beginning because you've got i think that's the real life that bit there the diane bits real life so she's fallen in love with this actress you know camille 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 camilla camille yeah, yeah. um and, but she's the one that's the star kind of thing. And then she falls in love with Adam, the director. She's hurting and she's a bit mental and horrible. And it's Hollywood, the, the horrible side of Hollywood or the real side of Hollywood. And then she puts a hitman to kill Camilla and then she can't handle the guilt and she goes through this whole process. Uh, and one, one way she tries to process it before suicide or not is to go into this whole, like, you know, dream. Hence, when you go into the, 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 the main part of the film, for example, if she's coming down the stairs. She's got that very false, over-the-top smile, like "Welcome to Hollywood," yeah, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And she's trying to put it right in her dream. So that's what's that's where I'm coming at it from. And then you go through all this dream sequence until they get to the Silent Center or whatever the the theater. Yeah. And that's when things get shaky in the dream. So then it goes back to the beginning. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But whether she commits suicide or not, you don't know, really, do you? That's the. That's the way I perceive it. Obviously, you've got the box, and the box is, I don't know, it's one of his metaphors, isn't it, for something, with yeah. the blue key. And I mean, that that's just a very basic, kind of, if it was linear, how how I Re- would think of it. Very basic. Very basic. No, no, but you know Easy. what I mean? Like, I mean, you've got loads, know, cause you've got makes... loads, of, loads of bits in, like, the, when they are in the, the end yeah. bit, you've got stuff like, she's wearing a dressing gown, so it's kind of like, She's thinking back as well at this point as well. So yeah. it's reality with her having a flashback because when she's on top of her, she suddenly has uh, just a hot pa- you know, hot pants on when she's on top of Camille and they're, they're making love or whatever. Yeah. Because it cuts from her having a dressing gown to her not, and then it keeps going to this dressing gown thing. There's different things on the table as well. Yeah. So At one point there's an ashtray, at the next point there's somewhere else. Then you have a point where the blue key's on the table so she knows it's done the hit yeah. and all this kind of stuff so you've got all that element of it as well it's a fucking mind man it it's is. awesome awesome <laughs>
1: right Oh, glad you enjoyed it it's my turn, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn, <laughs> <My> turn. <laughs> right <laughs> uh yes so uh diane selwyn wins a jitterbug competition and she's got sort of stars in her eyes and fancies, fancies going to Hollywood. That all, all of that is a dream. All of that is what she's dreaming that night. Which you see the very first scene. She puts her head on the pillow, and that dream has taken all the parts of her real life that happened after that, like the dinner party, the um, and her just life being shit and all the bullshit she has to deal with. Yeah. Uh, and that entire dream sequence reflects the real life. It takes people in that she's seen. In the in the uh, in the diner where she s- selected her plan. Uh, he just appears in her dream as somebody else, uh, the whole character. And each one of these things, because she's dreaming it, each one of these characters is an aspect of her. Yeah. So the director is an aspect of her. Uh, it's it's her sort of ambition and want it, and not giving into like the corrupt, but eventually giving into the corrupt. The whole mafia kind of people at the back are watch, This is the way she imagines that she can justify what she's doing. The justification for uh, Camilla getting the roles that she wanted because she's a failed actress. So uh, this is like an excuse that's been stuck in the story for her. All these things happen in the, in the dream sequence, which reflects what we're doing. The, the, the blue box, I think, is just the path from the dream to wakefulness. Um, and that's why... Um, and kind of blue has quite a significant meaning... Through the whole film. Uh, like when she's in the dream, she's wearing pink and she's innocent, and Betty is innocent and, and lovely, and uh, and uh, it's over the top. Yeah. She gets off in Hollywood at the airport, and she's like met at the. And she has these lovely, doddery old people that are the same people that you see in the jitterbug scene at the start. So they're yeah. her grandparents. And at, the,
3: and at the end as well, they've gone. And at the end. And,
1: and when they're driving away in the taxi looking evil and and grinning it's because they are evil terrifying that bit but they're they're away from Betty at that point and therefore they're they're away from Betty's fantasy yeah so therefore they've like returned to their evil ways Uh, I think their the grandparents abused her in some way Uh, and also the jitterbug thing you only see the the light sentence on her cheering that she won it's a jitterbug competition she had to have had a partner but the partner's nowhere to be seen because this is all about Betty yeah this is all about her it's all about Diane and her dreams and her fantasy about how it should have been to her hmm. and then we get none of that and then she kills herself at the end but like it's like a fractured it's a weird fractured thing that happens to her because once the dream has happened and she wakes up on that bed she she, she sees the key so as you say she knows that the hitman's been successful Uh, And then she has a fantasy about having uh, sex with uh, Camilla again. Oh, yeah. And she has a masturbation scene that truly traumatised her, I think, as an actress. And then, like, the grandparents coming into a room and pushing her onto the bed, sort of implying the sexual abuse thing again. Yeah, That is her guilt crushing her, and then she's killed herself at the end of the film. Do
0: you think that she did commit suicide at the end? Yeah, yeah. You did? Yeah. What, but... Let me just put in one point of view because there's so many different things, isn't there? So, yeah, I know. so it's, number one, you you've got the you got the blue box within her drawer, which only mm. existed between that was the uh, the other reality of of her dream world.
1: That's the key part to it, though, is the blue box being in her drawer with a gun. Yeah, yeah. That was where that was when she saw the blue box. She knew that she would be going for the gun at some point. She knew she was going to kill herself. She saw it in a dream when she sees her own body. I, yeah. I mean,
3: I must admit, first viewing, like when you're just watching this film, you're <laughs> thinking, "Oh, Twin Peaks, cool. It's quirky. It's, I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's really funny. It's, it's really mm. tense. It's, it's all these things. It's a, just a, it's fucking brilliant." But it is Twin Peaks. Yeah. And then suddenly that blue box, it, you get it starts getting a bit surreal again. Twin Peaks the the theater, and then suddenly that blue box bit, you're like, "Oh fuck, here we go, here we go," and it, it's just like. What the fuck's going on? It's like, this it totally throws you. Especially if you're not used to Lynch. Like, I'm not really. You know, I've, I've not, you know, I've, I've started on my journey. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. I just was like, oh my God, this is mental. And then when you watch it again and you've got the end bit in your head, and it's, and I, I can watch it again and again. And yeah. fucking hell, it's just. I, th-
0: I think there's, uh, like all these films, there's so many different layers and different ways to interpret yeah, there it. Yeah, but there's yeah, that box. There's also different, the significance of a bot. We've got a blue lady, blue-haired lady, sat in a box, in the theatre. So, could she be a key within the box of which she's thinking of? Of death, the woman with the blue hair. Could that be her Auntie Ruth? Could she be one connected well, with the roof, what Ruth? What you see, started. you do see well, her well, at auntie, the end. Aunt, but, uh, auntie
3: Ruth's dead. Dead, isn't she? In the real, in the the the, the latter reality. Yeah. She said, well, her aunt's dead, didn't she? Yeah, so I don't right. know if that's got something bad. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she's the one that's letting her stay at her house and things I, like I
1: that. Think, I think I, I think, Aunt Ruth is the good thing about her life. Right. That's why her fantasy is her going to Aunt Ruth's place. The thing
0: is, I don't know if you picked up on when they went to the club, they speak in three different languages, French, Spanish and English. Yeah. Spanish for the Spanish girl Camilla, English for the the um, Diane, and French. Now uh, this is where I thought there might be a connection to theatre, to the theatre, the or to to Auntie, as well, who might be the woman with the blue well, hair.
3: I, well, I don't know if it's more practical than that. Sorry, John. Th- theatre
1: is a French word, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
3: So, and I was going to say it, it, as might, as well. it might it might be more practical than that because th- this was this, if it wasn't for French people, this would never have been made. It was Pierre, whatever he was called, and oh, another yeah, put French the French guy for it. Yeah. that put the money up for it. After it was, um, you know, put on a shelf by ABC because they didn't like it as a pilot, because um, it was meant to be, it was meant to be in theory a, a spin-off to Twin Peaks basically yeah. Twin Peaks and LA. Audrey had gone to LA, kind of thing, and then off from there. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they didn't like it. Um, so yeah. So then these French guys came in. So it's kind of a French film, really.
0: Yeah, from, a product, could, well, from a production point of view, I think he does have quite a lot of connection with friends, doesn't he, as well. He like does his own gallery stuff over there, and yeah. he goes over there quite often. And to be honest, a lot of his films—not to put a, a you know uh, an international gap on it—but a lot of his films I find quite heavily towards the European. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way they feel, they feel very like European well, films think, and German I, I films.
1: It's... It's odd, particularly because it's, it's a lot of its stuff is so rooted in Americana. Yeah. It, yeah, to still have the European flavour is a bit, I th- bit I th- weird.
3: I think it's a reflection on the way, and we sort of touched on it last time um, when we did Fire Walk and me, is that America aren't... Very, well, not America, but the Hollywood aspect of things aren't very welcoming to David Lynch, are they? and networks and things like that. I think he, he's always struggled with that element. For example, Gino. Yeah. Things yeah. like that, and I think that's why his preference or artistic preference is more leaning towards international. I'm not
0: completely saying that she is dead or isn't dead, yeah. By the looks of the film, it looks like she committed suicide. But one last thing, which might just throw it on that side, or at least give you open the open the doors, is the blue-haired lady is a product of her imagination and dream world. The blue-haired lady still appears after she dies. And then this smoke fills the room, and the blue-eyed lady starts saying uh, "Silencio," did not she? The
1: tramp behind Winkies yeah. is there at the same time as well. After she's dead, so I mean, that's why I'm not so sure about that.
0: Well, there's a few, there's a few different other theories of it. Oh, one, one thing I need to bring up as well because I've got it written down, right? If I don't say, I'm gonna fucking forget it, right? Uh The man Dan, who's in the diner, yeah, yeah. Oh
1: man, yeah, that, that Tell you what, that diner scene was absolutely chilling
3: for me all yeah. the way through. The first scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Frightening, it frightening. It bit. Scared, scared the shit out of me because it was it was kind of lulling along, wasn't it? Obviously, yeah. after you've had the crash and that, lulling along, and then suddenly, it's the most scary thing I've ever seen in my life. That, that
1: That's a hell of a jump scare, but it's even better because they're telling you all the way what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He says, this is what happened, and then he suddenly you the idea, and you still jump because <laughs> it was so well done. It was, yeah. All of it. When, when he's describing... When is it Ben or is it Dan? Dan. Dan. But Dan when Dan's um, uh, explaining to his mate like what the dream is, the way it's phrased, the actual words he's using, are like... You can always see it like when, when Lynch does something properly. As soon as something important is being said, yeah. you really know that something important is being said. There's a man in back of this place, the one who's doing it. I can see through the wall did you
0: not think that was he was talking about himself as a director ah
1: yep i've written down here it's just Lynch referring to himself
0: exactly what i thought because especially on the back of uh twin peaks season three etc and i don't want to spoil anything for you bob but it just makes you feel of that doesn't it if you hadn't seen that i probably would have thought about this smelly old tramp in the back but because i've watched the other bit i'm thinking he's talking about david lynch that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, think, but so. I don't.
1: Think, I don't think the tramp is David no, witch no, no, no,
0: no.
3: The, the the tramp's the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't it quite clear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's proper, proper. Like because she said, like I said, this is nice. This feels like Twin Peaks. I know this now. It's just cool. what the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> like me so,
1: jump. So the Wizard of Oz. There's quite a few references in this film, I think, to the Wizard of Oz. I've read. Yeah. Uh, she's like she, she lands. She like Betty lands in Hollywood, like Dorothy lands in Oz. Uh, she well Dorothy takes the yellow brick road. She takes a yellow taxi. Characters from the real world, from, from Diane's real world, in the fantasy, mm. in different roles. Yeah. just like there are. Yeah, Coco. The Winkies. Yeah, Coco. Winkies. Uh, the citizens of the Wicked Witch of the West part of Oz Oh They're my God! I, I never
0: picked up on that one.
1: And and the, the witch just looks the wicked witch of the west looks like that tramp big nose and yeah all that stuff. Fucking
3: <laughs> okay hell!
0: But they also did you not get the reference to the old um, film Sunset Boulevard? Have you ever seen it? Nineteen fifties film. I've not. Film. Seen it. I've not
1: well, um, I might have seen it years it's ago, a, but I do not remember. There's it. a
0: few. It's a, a musical version, but if you get the original version, nineteen fifties one. This woman, Norma Desmond. Now, she's a star of the silent films, and she's trying to make it into the talkies, but she's too yeah. old. She's being passed over. She's not what they were looking for. And it was one of the first films to really show the how Hollywood just will wash away stars when they want. It's like, yeah, it's certainly. like I've had enough of this star. Now I'll go for the next one. And then it's the it's the aftermath of that star, and you can sort of see that within these parallels of this film. Where what happens to those stars you see from those? maybe a movie you watched three years ago and she don't pop up anymore, but she is probably working in that diner, which probably pops up every time,
3: so just go from the get go really, obviously, we talked about the um, winning of the of the competition, yeah. Uh, and then into the dream, it's quite a quick scene, and it's a groovy little scene as well. The music's really cool, as normal, it's like quite happy. It's now, really it's upbeat lovely. for his
0: type of films, isn't it? It's
3: really, yeah, it's really like it's like, sort of, yes, it's nice. And then, yeah. and
1: then, is that legitimate? Yeah, yeah, the G- yeah.
3: And, then, and then you go yeah, into the sorry, John.
1: No, no, carry on. that's kind of like that's her favorite memory of her, her life when she won yeah. something and she was top dog and everything. And that's but, it, but just it's as like, complete, just, yeah,
3: just as your first time watching it, like you know, the first time experience, it's like, oh, it's quite nice, this and all that. And then you get into the bit with the car and the gun, and then you know there's that and he sort of says get out and it's so full on. them two cars with kids coming out. Yeah. You know, like yeah. The, I've noticed this as well more and more with Lynch because he's a when he, the music he puts to him is genius and how he does it and he adds to everything to do with the film. Nothing's wasted. Everything's thought out. And it, the the rise in the mix of the volume is like and it really happens at the end it goes fuck he's yeah, like yeah, whoa yeah. So like when you watch yeah. some some films and you've got your tv on not a great volume so the dialogue sometimes goes a bit missing then it goes through a big yeah. boom boom bit you can't help that with this it's all intentional yeah, yeah. um so that was like and then fucking hell, and then she gets out the car and all that and he directed her and he said um uh, act like a broken dolly act like a broken doll so that's why she's yeah. sort of like, rather than say, just say stunned and dazed, he's just basically directing in a metaphor all the time with her. and Oh, he does it with all his acting. <laughs> he actors. can't help
1: himself, can but, he? But he? can't he, help himself. But
3: they all say like it works, because you immediately know what kind of what that would look like in your imagination. Uh, and then she yeah. sort of nimble-bimbles down and all that, and then it's all kind of very Twin Peaks. The cops, it's got what's-his-name well, out of... Um, yeah, yeah. series 3, isn't it, yeah. isn't it? Robert Foster, yeah. And then you sort of... You know, you, then off you go, kind of thing i just think with my i just want to get to a couple of my favorite scenes if i can yeah my first one is just that bit where he goes to do the hit on that uh long-haired dude so he's he's there and he's the mates and all that kind brilliant. of brilliant it's so fucking funny and then just shoots him you're like fuck and then and then the comedy begins when he's trying to clean off the gun and then he shoots through the wall this woman starts screaming he was a massive huge woman she's like so that just bit me <laughs> <laughs> she's been shot. That's
1: her only role. That's her only role on IMDb is um, <laughs> heavyset woman.
3: Well, <laughs> well he, as well, he, he, I mean, I don't know if he's like renowned for it, but he, he got a lot of his mates just to come in and act. So it might be one yeah. of his mates because the cowboy. Yeah, is, cowboy is his, was his mate, it's his, wasn't it? He's amazing, but it's his friend Monty. Just his mm. mate, and he said, "I'll oh, come and do this." And he couldn't. He didn't know. He couldn't learn lines. He wasn't an actor. So he had to put a massive boards for him, but he, he needed glasses. He couldn't read. Them. <laughs> so he's like, "But he just—that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. The cowboy to be. He's, you know, his mate." Yeah. And it's kind of like spooky and it stops for a bit with a with a caretaker with a Hoover. Yeah, and he's like, Come here, help me. we the ambulance. Da, da, da. Then fucking goes in the room, like sets it all up like he hit the guy that's killed himself, <laughs> shot his people, and killed himself. <laughs> and then fucking shoots him, the alarm goes I It's just absolutely slapstick, hilariously funny. No, it reminded it me of the Lynch
0: way. It reminded me of the Man Bites Dog, what we both, what we all watched. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, much that's exactly. Dark, yeah. dark humor and it's yeah. really funny, very, very clever. Well,
1: I think it's that's Betty's. Uh, wishful thinking yeah. that the assassin that she's paid for is crap. And you're like, fuck it up. <laughs> and she's dreaming of him being absolutely the worst crim ever.
0: Yeah,
2: uh,
1: And it's quite interesting as well that the assassin has got short blonde hair and the person that he killed had long dark hair. Yeah, Like the Camilla thing as well. And it's another thing about uh, the colour theory thing as well. The, the black book that has Camilla's address in it that he's after for this kill. Uh, whenever you see somebody in a black dress, they're kind of like it's, something's darks going on, like red dress for sexual stuff, and yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's just one of those Lynch films that just takes every single every single thing is there out. for a reason. What
0: well, did the killer as well when she's in the dream side? He has two different coloured eyes. Are these are the different coloured eyes supposed to represent Camilla and her? One's blue and one's brown. And then he's actually like when she's sat in Winky, they're both that. blue. Blue I didn't, meaning I death. did realise that. But blue is his natural eye colour for that actor as well. So he purposely yeah. placed in a dark contact lens. Yeah. And, uh, like You could fill the books just trying to figure out what the hell is he doing there. Because obviously, again, <laughs> Lynch has done it on purpose. Is it because she can't remember the colour of his eyes? Or is it because I... of both of them?
1: I think it might that might be now that you mentioned that that might be the fact that he he both exists as that character in both the dream and in reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, and therefore as the bowl. So
1: he's got he's he's the yeah. blue is the transformative thing. So he's both because he, he's 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 the only character in it really that doesn't have a different. Role. I mean, perhaps aside from the director, yeah. uh, a different role who doesn't have a different, different role in yeah. her dream than he does in reality. Weird, Ooh, that?
3: awesome, that John! <laughs> I was gonna say uh... my, my other sort of scene, face like face value scene. You can watch it as it's a funny, just a funny scene. Is the bit where they go to the the meeting in the stu- for the for the studio for the actress with the the mafia the mafia guys coming. Yeah, and it's it's such a tense scene, the way it's set up. But the most important <laughs> thing that meeting, it, it should be about this actress that they're trying to make him cast. But it's not. It's about an espresso, and the guy that drinks the espresso, that's Angelo. Um, yeah, what's he called? Angelo. Badlamenti. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't act. He's been in bits playing piano, you know, in the background. But he doesn't act, and he it's because he told this story to David Lynch about going around someone's house, and the, he didn't really know him, and he was he was invited by this bloke's wife, and they went, and he, he never said anything for half an hour, and he's trying to engage in the conversation, and he's just looking at him like that, you know, like he does the look. Yeah. He said he, he yeah. was just, and then, and he, David Lynch remembered this story, and that's why he asked him to do it. So, and it's just so good, and the, the whole tension behind this espresso thing. It's so. It's like the most important thing in the world. It's a tiny little coffee. It's brilliant. And he comes in, yeah. he drinks it, he just spits it out, and then they just go fucking savage. That guy goes savage, yeah. it is. It, it's fucking brilliant. I just think it blew my mind that I just was like because I was so tense. They was laughing me off. Yeah, and that's mental.
1: I'm, I think my I've got two favourite scenes in this entire thing. First is the diner scene because it's just the first one with the Dan, Dan, Dan yeah. and the and the yeah because that's just chillingly brilliant. And The second is the audition scene. Where she's auditioning for the role. Mm.
0: Um, oh, I got lots of yeah. Uh, it, that is
1: that is a great scene because no, she, she she's played she's acting somebody who's having the the audition of her life, and she's like this. She totally nails the audition, and it's a switcheroo. He plays as well It does lens because all the all the way up to then you've you pictured uh, Diane, uh, well Betty, as naive, yeah, yeah. innocent. You expect her to be in a... You expect her to be groped by this old weird actor. Yeah. yeah. But what happens is she turns out that, no, she's the one that grabs his hand and puts it on her ass. She completely fucking... Yeah. Sm- she dominates I mean, I She dominates, dominates that role
0: where you would have thought oh, this yes, old actor wouldn't do it. I mean,
3: when, when I watched that scene the first time as well, I was just like, um, that's why... Not knowing the ending, everything like that. so That's why Naomi Watts has got this role because that is one of the most stunning performances by any actor I've ever seen on on a a TV screen screen, also
0: to switch like that as an actor as well you know you always hear about these actors getting himself into a role and you, you get like Christian Bale and he he does certain things to get himself totally into a role. And he's quite rude on set, apparently, and stuff like that. And yeah. then you see Naomi Watts. So she's played this like happy-go-lucky, very, uh, you know, uh, typical, what you'd say, typical blonde person from the middle of uh, nowhere. And she's come to this set. And like John says, instantly at that point, she switches it over. Even as an yeah. actress doing that, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing role. So...
1: So, so Betty's come to America. She's gone to LA. She's been there a week. She's got an audition. She nails it. This is like success on every level. She's she's destined for stardom. She goes to see that director. He turns and falls in love with her. And the only reason she doesn't get the part or whatever is because the mafia. Yeah.
0: There's,
1: there's some or whatever unnamed yeah. conspiracy that yeah. she's made up in her in her, in her mind that denies um, her. And it's it's just such an amazing. This is. The number one uh, BBC Culture voted this number one film of the 21st century. Did it? Wow! Yeah, literally top of the list. <sighs> wow! Uh, and it's one—it's won many accolades, and it's certainly—and I'm—I'm not saying this with any hyperbole at all, but it's my favourite film of all time now. Wow! Oh. <laughs> I mean, it
3: totally I'm, is. I mean, it was—it was mind blowing. It is it, so I right, right, sure. tell you—I
0: tell you a little—a little tidbit. You know, Billy Ray, who's in it, and that was—that yeah. was one of his first acting roles and David Lynch says, well, I'll do this role. He blames David Lynch for having Miley Cyrus' fame because he says his daughter watched him in the role and it, it pushed her on to wanting to be an actress herself. And it got oh. her opening the doors for that Hannah Montana what she was in. And I don't look at her now. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> it's no longer my favourite no film now.
0: You've ruined David Lynch for me. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I love that there's some me. cracking laugh out loud moments when yeah. uh, there's that part when the fucking big ass mafioso or connected with some, you know, the, the elites or the kings of Hollywood walks in to try and find the director and then she's jumping on his mm. head and Billy Ray, Billy Ray uh, comes out, Dante not he, gives him some shit and he just. One smack to him with the woman above. You think, what's he going to do? He just smacks her as well, <laughs> and then he walks off <laughs> to try and find. And that's the only scene, really, that that guy's in it apart from a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. You're thinking, what on earth has just gone on?
3: <laughs> it's coming. I think there's a few great uh, laugh out loud, loud moments. Um, like, like what John was saying there, it's one of his accolades and that. And I, like I say, I've not. I'm not a David Lynch buff. I'm learning and learning and learning and loving the journey. But it, this is, from what I've seen of David Lynch as a person, because I've been watching a lot of his interviews and things, this is a perfect reflection of him. You know, there's joy, there's this tension, there's a the depth, there's everything in this film is, is yeah. him. It, I can see why people adore working with him yeah. you know, and, what, and what they say about him and things like that, because... He's not freeing from the point of view as in the lines are the fucking lines, you know, because he's written him, he's thought it out. He knows this in his head how it's going to go. But the joy and freedom he brings to the actors and actresses. So, for example, the scene, the, masturbate, the masturbation scene. it's Naomi, she was like, it was like horrendous. She she had a bad belly. She kept to the toilet because she was so nervous. So you put this sort of big screen around her so no one else could see her and he was outside with a megaphone you know shouting it's okay it's okay she was getting really mad like can't believe you're making me do this and all this kind of stuff but it all paid off, and she did that because of the way he takes care of the actors yeah. and how, how yeah. he deals with just people in general. If you he, if say something bad, he makes it the most positive thing in the world. He, he, they were saying someone one day, I oh, forgot something on set one day, and the actor he held up shooting, and he went, "No, oh, I'm happy to wait, a little break, you know, this kind of stuff." Whereas other people were like, "Fucking ah, you know, jump down the yeah. throat and things like that. Well, that's,
1: it's a difference between a, a proper art artist director and and one that's a studio director that's there to churn out a movie. Yeah, for the maximum profit.
0: Yeah, it's
1: yeah, yeah. making a piece of art.
0: And he said, yeah. he said before in an interview, art can be music, art can be film. And you know, once he's done the film, that's the piece of art. And then that's one of the reasons he doesn't like talking or explaining the films because he said the, the art's finished, yeah. it's up to you to interpret it. The art's done. If I start to move the film into back into words, then what's the point of going the film? And it's right.
3: Know? It's absolutely spot on It's like me, it's like anything like art wise, music, painting, whatever. It's what you have your own personal preference. If you listen to a song, it's a special song to you. It's a special song for a reason to you, not you know, whatever else. The majority of films, the majority of linear, normal, like churned out films are you know, they are what they are. The plot is the plot. There's not really any hidden depth to it or anything like that, but that's what that's why this is art. Or, it's know,
1: obscured, but it's it's all everything's there. Like like with firework with me, everything's there. Yeah, and he's given to it on a plate for you to work it out. You just have to do a little bit of work to do it. It's like the difference between having something, like right, The analogy is a hamburger against gets the fillet steak. Yeah, one's very easy and consumable and and not very worth anything, and the other is something you have to, you know, yeah. to get a bit more.
0: There's there's that within this film as well. If could have a look at the character Coco.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because... Sounds very much like Toto, doesn't it? Well,
0: her name is uh, uh, Coco Lenoir. I hope I said that right. Lenoir means nut in French. Yeah. So coconut. Coconut. Yeah, she's also, she sat on the table, she's constantly eating walnuts.
1: That's the reasoning behind her naming in the fantasy. Because of that small snippet of that dinner party where Diane... Caesar, uh, and, you know, and therefore bank that's theory. That's, that's it. That's how Lynch gets his ideas as well. Ironically enough, you'll be there, and something will just go ping into his mind. Yeah, yeah. And you'll know what to do. Yeah, just put and it that's both together. It's a, kind of how he does it.
3: Well, he sort of said about this when when he got approached, you know, about making it into a film from being shown as a pilot, uh, and he was like, he just basically he didn't have any ideas, and he he went into his meditation, and in meditation, it all came to him. The sort of the how to make it into the film. I mean, thank fuck it didn't get picked up as a TV series,
1: because... Well, you say that, but I imagine it would have been a fantastic uh, yeah, TV series. Yeah, but I just think
3: you, but you would never have had Mulholland Drive, which is just yeah incredible, man. Well, it would, it would, that
1: probably to, would have gone on for like, I don't know,
0: back in them days. <laughs> 10, 12 <laughs> you know what, episodes it would have been 12 from, hours long.
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Like the, the original edit, because his, his wife edit, edits it, I think, and she, she does the first edit kind of thing, because she knows roughly what he wants, because it's all there. Um, and the first the first cut of this was five and a half hours. So that that's that's yeah. basically everything in it that she thinks he's going to need. Just then to strip it out, she sort of does it for him. She does like a really long version. This one was five and a half hours of uh, film. I'd love to see that. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's so similar to Fire walk with Me. It was over five hours as well. Yeah.
3: I mean, the the first lovemaking scene is very beautiful. Um, as in, it's. It's it's lovely. It's, you feel genuine love, and it feels right. Yeah, you know, and all that kind of thing. It's very tender. It's 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 lovely. Yeah,
0: it's
1: very tender. It's uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's also it's also very one sided, isn't it? It's Diane. It's Betty telling yeah, Rita. Yeah, loves, loves. She loves. She loves her. Yeah, but well, Rita's not saying it back because that's when well, you can see as well that uh, Camilla uh, out of out of the dream sequence is a complete bitch. She's just there trying to make a... You know, she's just like making out with people in front of her. She knows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's. That, uh, yeah. That, you know, she's just a complete bitch. But uh, she even invites her to the party so that she can announce that she's going to get married, and that's why that that trip in the limousine is seen as an ambush, kind of thing. Like like in the in the dream sequence, yeah. it's it's Rita, it's Rita who's getting ambushed.
0: Yeah. And that's where she'll think that everyone's against her, especially the longing kiss which Camilla does to the. Uh, the blonde, well, the other act- actress, actress as well.
3: Yeah. G- she's the one that gets the role as well, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, that's film, right. So
0: yeah,
3: yeah. Oh my and god! And she's
1: kind, of, <laughs> she's kind of unnamed, but she turns up in the uh, as this mysterious Camilla Rhodes in the fantasy because, and she just was in there for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the cowboy was just a passing person oh, in the the, was uh, the party, and yet he pe- played a quite important part.
3: Yeah, cowboy was amazing. I love when Lynch puts in the uh the sort of the log lady kind of thing. You know, the the sort of exposition yeah. but not quite exposition. And it's it, it adds a bit of um you know a bit of a, a bit of like unknown to it. Like what's he, yeah, you know what's yeah. he, you try to look into it's what he's like, saying and exactly he's like the we always speaking riddles don't they?
1: They're yeah. always speaking riddles as well. And yeah. it
3: was just like what's he on about? I love I just love that little stuff. And the people he gets to play him as well, like I said, it was his mate Monte. And it's just because he thought, that's what I want him to be like, and it'll, it'll be cool. And it was awesome. And apparently his cowboy gear was owned by, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was a famous cowboy actor, and he spent thousands on this gear. So he turned up with his own gear that he bought to play. No this cowboy. It, it must have been because that he wore this gear or this cowboy gear and he had this certain voice that Lynch thought, oh, he'd be great for it kind of thing. Uh, but it's funny. It's just cool, man. He just that's the beauty of art and freedom is the fact that you don't have to have a big name. It can be your mate. Yeah, you know, if if you're in that position and you feel they're good right for the part, it could be your I, mate, and it's great.
0: Yeah, I think he, I think he, he does that. He goes for the look. Apparently, some of the things he does is just simply look at the person, David Lynch. So you know the, what body of work they've done, or even not any work, and he just looks for the look. The the guy in the hotel, that crummy hotel, with yeah. the moustache, same guy, yeah. same guy in the theatre as well oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. it wears all in red well the reason he got him to do this, uh, the theatre part was he turned up to do that bit at the hotel and he didn't have a bus stop with David Lynch but he just was wanting a little bit more David as yeah. he was driving home he got a phone call from David Lynch to say come back I want you for another role and he went back he says what What? I'm going to be this other person he goes yeah but it's actually your role that's your night job so in the night job you work in the theatre in the day job you work in the uh, hotel Man. That's and he class. did that for him because he thought, oh, I'll give him a bit extra, I get, get him to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> class. That's a brilliant thing. That's a, that's a nice but, touch, that, to hear. He
3: was with mm. Naomi Watts and uh, Laura Harring, and they both went for their audition separately. Now, Lynch had a photograph, I mean, what, portfolio, photo, she yeah. had makeup on and all that kind of thing. And it's one of the prerequisites of going to a Lynch casting is that you don't wear makeup kind of thing and you look plain, you know, that sort of, but she came in with no makeup on and that. And he was like, you don't look like your photo. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> so, he, so he asked her to come back again, you know, to look like her photo. And then they asked her back for a screen test. But he said, "This," you know, he, said, he sort of said, this isn't a screen test. This is a f- filter test. You know, take the filters and all this kind of stuff. So it was a bit strange one for her. But La- La- when Laura went, um, she went with the no makeup on and that kind of thing. And he just sat in a chair and just went, good. <laughs> good very good. <laughs> Basically, just looked at her, like looked at her and tried to imagine her, you, know, you know, playing the role and all that. And that's it. That was it. I think, <laughs> it he, I think he has a
0: vision, though. <laughs> yeah. He's got to have this look. It doesn't matter what background you've got. You could be Brad Pitt's status as an actress, or you could be just come through the acting school, or even just someone he meets in a diner. If
1: you've got that look well, for his thing, it puts you in. To him, there's no such thing as a sort of mistake. It's always like an opportunity for something. An idea might come from anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's the Bob Ross of films, isn't he? He really. is. Like oh, yeah. you're the Bob Ross no of such wood. Thing as a
3: happy accident. Yeah. Like you're the Bob Ross of wood, John. <laughs> yeah, I do. <see. laughs> but it's it's that but that element's super cool because that is art. You know, you. Yeah. It's based on look and how it makes you feel. You know that that's that's why I always perceive any art to be or how it sounds and how it makes you feel. But he combines the three elements of of sort of you know screen visual music, you know, and it, into this. Just it's just perfection, I mean, you know it, uh, how he how how he does it. So to so the visual script and music all together, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just absolutely perfect, perfect and, triumphant.
0: And talking about music, the uh, the female singer in the club. Oh. How much I I'm, I you know what I mean I'm a big lad, but oh. my god, I was yeah. filling up tears
1: yeah. tears on that one. Well, that he that, knows how he knows how to do it to you. Does Lynch? He knows how well, to manipulate the audience. Beautiful, she,
3: beautiful. She, and again, I don't know her name, um, but it, Rebecca a friend, Del Rio. Her name is Rebecca Del Rio. Yeah. Um, but he's got a friend who's a, a music agent, and um, he, so basically, he always recommends someone he, who thinks he'd be suitable for music in his films or whatever. And he, but forward we got a taxi because uh, Lynch has got his own studio at his house, um, so pulled up in a taxi, walked in. Five minutes in the studio recorded that that was the song you heard on the screen it was just that was it literally five minutes wow. in there done um,
1: There's something to be said about spontaneity and i think that's yeah. what he likes about these things
3: but i think she was that good that it was just like mm. fuck because it. it is it's an amazing vocal performance and then you have mm. that in in this very surreal scene because yeah. that's when it turns really, isn't it? To, to the more surreal, you've got the guy coming out and conducting the imaginary orchestra, yeah. which I think is brilliant because he's sort of doing it with his hands, he's in control.
1: It's a magician's performance, it's a magician. Yeah. He doesn't tell you what he's doing, he's like, it's like Lynch explaining his films, he's like he's doing it, and once the magician's done it, he doesn't tell you how it's done, does he? No. it lets you try and work it out and then you've so got the, the, you do,
3: yeah. the, the trumpet guy you know coming out with the trumpet mute man and all that kind of stuff and then and then uh, um betty as she's in this part starts shaking in a chair now i think this is where she's doing that because this is where the dream starts coming apart yeah. yeah yeah and then suddenly you've got this fucking song and like you're saying there cliff like you're just
0: oh you're so emotionally connected with the film at that point
3: and, and, and it's just a voice yeah. it's just a voice yeah. that is the only thing in the music but it's a, such a beautiful voice and then that's cutting between these two acting their socks off because they're both brilliant actors Yeah, uh, you mm. know doing the crying scene and this is where it's all coming apart but you don't know that yet you know you don't know that yet and it's just phew, fucking hell out your hours in bits as well yeah but the, the,
0: the man on the theatre does tell you straight away this is all an illusion and I think yeah. that's when she started yeah. to trigger like what and he goes, this is all fate, this is all illusion. And, he, and she's only mimed, miming the tune, and then she falls down and collapse. And that's when she's starting to think, oh, something. And then the, there's the lady yeah. in the box, with the blue
1: hair as well. It's not the first time that uh, her own... She's tried to tell herself in her dream that this is all a dream because there's that woman turns up at the apartment, doesn't it? Yeah, they? yeah. And she says, uh, she says, <gasps> I'm betting you're not. Crazy yeah. Louise? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Crazy Louise. And like, and then uh, Coco, who is part of a dream, takes her away so that Betty you can carry on with her fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just so clever. Well, she
0: tries desperately to do it throughout that period where they started to hunt down this person because she's when she rings rings Diane and she's ringing herself and she's like, oh, isn't it strange ringing herself? And she started saying to picture herself as a separate person. Yeah,
1: at that yeah. point
0: so that that's where uh, a real subconscious probably trying to take over probably trying to wake her up
1: there was there was that scene where uh, rita's cutting her own hair cutting her hair and changing herself to blonde and i noticed like when they put the scissors down they put them very specifically down on a book yeah a blue book again the color blue indicating like this is a transformation happening uh, and it's this is this is when she's starting to it's all starting to unravel because she's starting to notice that Rita is her as well as Betty is her yeah everybody yeah. in the film is her
0: yeah you can see that with the within the um diner as well the diner is so important mm. to the film because she yeah. looks up at the girl and if you had to double take is it that, you're like is that is that Diane? is that a- actually the actress is that Naomi Watts you've got the hair more or yeah. less the same as well and like you said it's also her desperately to trying to control. Camilla in her fantasy, in she? Like, yeah. to, her, but, yeah. ins- uh, insomnia, uh, to her, having not insomnia, to her, having amnesia is the perfect gift. It's like she can manipulate yeah. her how she wants now.
3: I think she looks, yeah. I think Naomi Watts looks very, not, well, not very different, but it feels, well, it's, it's obviously a different character, but I think she looks different, you know, in the, uh, in the, what we call reality, the end bit. Yeah. I think yeah. She, she does look very different. It's the, yeah, not she just doesn't just any makeup
1: on. Right, and she, basically, she, it's like that, isn't it? She doesn't have any makeup on. She's not done. She doesn't take care of herself. Her hair's dirty. Went all the yeah. way through the film. It was beautiful and clean and perfect all the time.
3: But this, she, she, she never anything bad. She really associated with the part, you know, because she said this is a proper proper reflection on on Hollywood, you know, kind of thing and how they are. Yeah. Um. And she's experienced that all of her career, if you like, until, yeah. until you've made it big or making it big. And the one thing David Lynch. You know that this is why she absolutely adores and loves David Lynch. You will see that in every interview that she does, um, and she will always work for him no matter what. Hence, she came back in, you know, Twin Peaks, and or came into Twin Peaks. Um, that she she just brought out crying, saying like he treats you like just a very special person. Or there's no bullshit. It's just so lovely, and the way he gets performances out of everyone. It's just it's not just his awesome genius and things like that but it's just he's a nice bloke yeah and he makes you feel the next level you know like and you feel you feel you it it takes you to the next level as well and that's what pretty much every actor you see speak about him says and and naomi she literally broke down in this interview crying and he was like comforting her and stuff like that because that's that's what he did yeah you know for Mm. her and that's beautiful that is
0: that is is really good you can see that in 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 his work can't you as well because like I said before you if someone's putting up the money for a film and they turn around the bit reflecting I think him his part of the story is, is within here as well the bit where they've got the, the uh, can remember the, the directors the the director okay. Adam the bit where they're saying trying to control who he has into his film and control yeah. the aspects oh, of yeah, the yeah. film could be a direct oh, yeah. reflection to him as well all the struggles he's had in the past look at June yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah, they could have easily just gone. Yeah. You're doing this. You are having that. This is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the whole point. Well, one of the big points of which David Lynch is trying to stress is the the corruption with Hollywood as well. And you know yeah. the nepotism, the Harvey Weinstein's. The 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 is. The, I know it was in her her dream to convince her the reason she didn't get the job is, in other words. I don't play like them games like Camilla does. If I love someone, I love someone. I'm not just going to treat him like that just to get where I want. And there must be this evil world of Hollywood as well, governing everything. Well, I, I think, or on the other side is, I think David Lynch believes that is still there. And that was prevalent like that when David Lynch was growing up. That was Hollywood. You know what I mean? You literally yeah. had to sign a contract. You were there for three or four f- films. And you had to sign your life away. And if they didn't like you, you was gone. And no other place would look after you. So I think that still exists. I think it still comes out of the woodwork that that still exists. And I think he wanted to make that known. It wasn't just her dream. that I think that happens, shit like that. I I tell you what, don't you think it's perfect sandwiched on to the back of watching Twin Peaks? Of all his films, this one more or less fits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, much better. You You can see that it was... Part of this world of which he was building with Twin Peaks, he had it in his head that this was going to be part of it.
1: Well, wasn't it originally well, the original idea that uh, this was uh, essentially going to be actually an offshoot of Twin Peaks yeah. and it would feature Audrey Horn? Yeah, it was, it was what would happen to Audrey Horn, if she'd gone to Hollywood and stuff like that.
3: As it, as it goes on, and they start, and uh, Rita starts realizing more and more, and they find out. Possibly where she lives and all that kind of stuff, and it's quite a tense scene, all that sort of bit, until the point where they're covering the noses and they find the body, which I think the I think the body's probably uh, Rita or Camilla on the bed. You know, the body on the bed that they yeah. find is that her. I think I think, think, I think, her,
0: think it's it? her thinking what? of suicide in her own head. Yeah. Because right. it's the same and that, position as well. It's, it is a room as well. And when the cowboy, you notice when the cowboy comes in to like wake her up at that point, she's in, in that same, exactly the same position of the body that they found.
1: I, I get that too. And I think that maybe in the in the dream world, uh, it might well have been her discovering the body of Camilla. Yeah. Subconsciously, but also it was the suicide. There was definitely a suicide part of all this. But she knew, I think, when, it, when she wakes up and she's having basically uh, a nightmare and everything's going bad oh. and she's driven by guilt, she's driven by guilt to kill herself, she knows it's going to happen yeah. and she knows that God is right next to that blue box, so that's why that blue box is so important. It, I thought it was an odd choice that there was a, a triangular key uh, for this blue box.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, until, I ta- until I thought thought the fact that like there's three of them isn't there, in this relationship, there's Diane, there's Camilla and there's Adam. Yeah. And so it's a three-sided key because that's the three sides God of all this. Jeez, that's brilliant, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm not even going to go into the uh, the painting that you see in your apartment. I'm not even going to go into that what? one. No, no, but go in, teeth. go Is in. That it's like, it's like saying that oh, it's
3: like saying I've got a secret they're not telling someone. Come yeah. on. It's like I've
1: got there's a third there's nipple a ce- or something. On. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a scene where, there's a scene where Betty and Rita are sat on the couch and she's trying to help her and, and trying to persuade her that we should go and see Diana Selwyn and all that sort of mm. thing. And directly between them, in the shop on the back wall, is a painting uh, which is uh, called, it's of Beatrice Sensi, in, I think it was 17th century Italy or something like that. She was a victim of incestuous uh, abuse from her father. And she had people kill him as a result of that. So, and she was eventually, uh, she was hanged for that as well, or otherwise killed. So, I mean, why, uh, that pick nobody knows what that, when you're watching the film, Yeah. unless you're very much in the know, you don't know that that picture is what it's about. But that picture is framing the whole of Betty's story. She's a victim of abuse, like Laura yeah, Palmer yeah. was. It's the same. It's the same story. It does go into incest. David Lynch and Law
0: really. It keeps a yeah. lot.
1: I don't. Well, I don't know if it's incest, but it's certainly abuse. Yeah. Um, I think. I think there must incest. be
0: some kind of connection within. Uh, Either uh, a yeah. uncle or granddad, or she's running away from something. She doesn't really talk about her mum or dad. Because there's it's also, I, I read a, a good part where, you know, when she does the acting role and then she yeah. she sheds a tear with it at the end, that was her reflecting her views about that time. And that's why she did it so powerfully.
1: Well, yeah, that was all to the insinuation was in that scene that they'd been having this affair for a while. Yeah. yeah. And there's what a 20 or 30 year difference between them. Yeah, yeah. So, and so that could so actually be
0: her uncle yeah. or her father or something.
1: Well, this kind of it's kind of implied that the old couple, the the happy ones that are lovely at the start, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: but go away looking evil. In the I think they're also the same ones that scare her onto the bed at the very end. Yeah. So the implication is that the granddaddy's been abused.
0: And uh, the grandmother must have known about it and just ignored the it. The grandmother's
1: yeah. doing doing very very much Sarah Palmer yeah. in this situation. That's why they're the little monsters that come out of the blue box.
0: Yeah, because she's, she's always got them. And I mean, that's always her little guilt ridding. She can't get rid of that. And chases in
1: them. her fantasy, they're lovely and say goodbye to her at the airport. Like, but as soon as they're away from her, in the actual you know, capture, they turn, they turn into these evil.
3: I was going to ask a question. I was going to ask a question about that um, that awesome scene where she's been being, being awesome as an actress with the old dude. Is it. Yeah, the audition. Is, is he called? Is he called Bob? The guy they keep having to wake up well, that's...
1: that's that's kind of that's the same Bob as was the dinner party. She says the director. I went for an audition. He didn't pick me she, because implying that. And then in her fantasy, Bob is the guy. In this audition who is crap and a bad director. Yeah, not paying attention and not really. Yeah, doesn't yeah, have yeah, a clue yeah. what's going not, on. Not really. He that, tries no. to explain what he wants, and everybody's like, uh, "All right, mate, we'll just do it ourselves <laughs> yeah, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that Bob is... is that's why he's been worked into the dream as, as an inept, in the same way that the assassin is inept, because it's what she wants. It fulfils her little personal narrative, her little fantasy. Yeah.
3: Oh, my God, it's unreal, isn't it? Like, I, I was just trying to think about this. If this had been done kind of linear, as from from the point of view as in it starts with what we're calling reality into the dream, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been as good a film, because you wouldn't have been able to talk about it for as long as you have been, you know, that kind of thing, and... Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know why I thought. sort of thought, what if you'd have made this a linear film? It would have been worse, but would it have been a good, could you make it, I'm not saying a good I film, think, but could you make it a... I think
1: it is a linear film. I do think it is a linear film, because right at the start you see, I end. mean, aside from the jitterbug bit, which is just kind of yeah, yeah. The, the history, but as soon as her head hits the pillow, she's dreaming. Scene, that very first scene. That's the dream. Yeah. And then she wakes up, and then that's the rest of it. Fair you know, point.
3: Fair point. I was just you, trying to sort you, of think. Could, I was just
1: sort of oh, sorry, chef. So you, you could make it more
0: obvious as a film, as a linear piece. I think what you're saying is to have her wake up. I mean, see it in what is the real world, and then go back. But then, I mean, yeah. that that completely dispels what he's trying to see. He wanted you to think which which one is the dream, and then once you find yeah. out which yeah. one is the dream, it's because you've come so attached to it as that.
3: But you you've just watched an hour an hour and fifty minutes of which German invested Which that time. Which, To be honest,
0: could be complete and utter bullshit. You know what I mean when I when I have a dream and I'm king of the castle, you know what I mean? <laughs> doesn't mean I'm king of the castle in fucking Salford or anything. So there's a lot in there and you left you sort of he's took he's sort of taken a mic in for his audience. He's took you in, he's told you who she is, he's told her this life story, and then all of a sudden you've gone no, this is a, you know, whoa. But, he has, but
1: has he, though, because he tells you very clearly at the start that she, this is a dream.
0: Yeah, he does tell you that it's a dream, it's... but then how much of the elements of the dream are real very... and isn't real? You know what I mean? As you're going through, so you start challenging yourself. It's like, well, is she really from yeah. this place? Is she, you know what I mean? Is she maybe working in the diner? Did she even try and uh, push herself to do any more? She fell in love with this one person and she did a. a she went a bit wild. Who
3: fucked, who, who fucked her over?
0: Who fucked her over? Well, there's no excuse to fucking have her
1: killed.
3: <laughs> no,
1: yeah, I was going to say, there, there are limits. You're allowed to fuck people over.
3: <laughs> it's a bit dramatic, but you know, it's a film in it and that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I, was just, I was just sort of thinking it from that point of view, you know. I just mean, would it be. I think you could take this and make it into an awesome kind of thriller. Yeah. Like a, a normal sort of just cool film, but this is what takes Lynch the absolute and utter next level is this, yeah. you know, and people that, you know, I'm not saying I get it, but I, I just, I respect it and I love it. And I think it's just well, a fascinating. Journey. I can go back and watch again and again. And I just love that with anything on, on a television.
1: I think, uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It, you can take it how you want to take it. And you're yeah. perfectly right. Yeah. is All of these, all of these things that I've been spouting, they're just theories. They're not necessarily right, but they do fit a pattern. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that was what he intended, but it's still valid as, in my head, this is how it happens.
3: But well, this is the beauty exactly of, the of, of doing a podcast like this. It's not like you're not right or wrong. It's great. It's one of the only things that you can talk about where you're not right or wrong. It's not an argument mm. or whatever, and it's sort of not a review. It's just yeah. like an interpretation of what, what you've what you've seen. Exactly. which makes it, it, it makes, makes it nice for a podcast, you know. So what's
0: beautiful about the Lynch movies is, like, I did I did a movie the other day with my brother and a friend of mine, The Warriors, the classic nineteen seventy nine film, and um, you know what you get you straight away. And each one of mm-hmm. you, you can't really interpret it any other way than it is. But yeah. you get a Lynch film, and my God, you can go oh. in and out. I've done a list. Here of different people's types of theories, just on on this, and one of them is at no point within the context of her talking to the hitman, is it? he's it, just left to presume that she's asking him to kill him. She doesn't ask yeah. him; she just no, says, no. "Here's a picture." She could be asking him to do something else. Who knows what she is asking? It's just been left. Well, I kind
3: to of that I, I i sort of thought a little bit it would be Adam, but then obviously you know you yeah work out. It's not necessarily that. Um, but but it's a it's a cool thing, isn't it? Isn't it? It's mm. like it's it's nice. Um, and, and what I, what I think is anyone that says any part of a Lynch film is shit. There's a lot of people say stuff is shit. Yeah. You know, don't know. Yeah. Then you can't say shit. It's like saying all oh, that song shit. You know? Yeah. If it's some pop fucking bullshit. Yeah. It is yeah. shit because no fucking thoughts going into it apart from my records am I going to sell, or how many seats am I got, you know how many bums am I going to put on seats, it's at the theatre, that kind of thing. You know, like Marvel. Mm. Um, but like with this, it's, even if you're not keen on that scene, there's a reason for it. There, there's a reason for everything, everything in this film, visually, musically, script-wise, and that's why nothing is shit. Or yeah. you, you can never say that, but you can dismiss stuff that's shit. Like I said, the, it's just processed crap.
1: Yeah, like like you said, the sound of this film oh. is absolutely incredible. It's it's terrifying as well. It's not just we're not just talking Angelo Badalamenti's music, which is Top yeah. atmospheric brilliance, but this it's the, when it's all the all the bad things are happening, the, the the rushing noises, the the general sort of ominous deep sort of throbbing noises that happen, and yeah. it just it perfectly just picks you up and plonks you where it wants to in terms of this is what I want you to feel right now.
3: This is what this is and what he, he this does. is what he does with Angelo. Like he'll Angelo will set a piano and Lynch will set the scene, and he'll be saying like you know there's a moon and it's a dark night and there's an owl and he sort of do it and he's like yeah keep them cards so he does the cards and on the synths and things and then he'll go and he'll go go into his recording software and he record 20 long long chords of sounds on different instruments cellos violins the synths, whatever and he'll record all this on proto so do like 20 tracks different instruments are just long notes that's that's it and then he mm. gives the, pro tool, the the file to David and he'll just go through the things. He'll slow them down, make them backwards. And that's what he uses for the, the, t- the, the, the tension things and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Angelo came up with a theme tune for Mulholland Drive because he was like, I want a kind of Soviet Cossack kind of thing. And it's just, it's, it's amazing for people to work on that level And that's what works really well with these two because Lynch is going through with Angelo the scene, and then Angelo's getting it. He gets in his. They're in each other's heads. It's such a beautiful relationship. Which I mean, the music they've created together is unreal, unreal. Like it's just. Mm. It could be. It could be cheesy because it's synth, and it's not. It's just fucking beautiful. I mean, these guys. Yeah, Yeah, unique. Completely. But that's what they do that's that's what he does, actually. He sends him a file and off he goes. He, but, he plays around with all this stuff he's done.
0: He doesn't leave him to it though, does he? That's the great
1: thing. David Lynch seems to have his fingers in every single thing yeah. he really does. I tell you what though, I've recently got into his uh he does a, a little video every day about the weather. Just a little two minute video saying what the weather's like today. Yeah. In LA. It's just nuts. But I, I mean I, I, everything everything he does is like tinged with like layers of meaning.
3: I love his voice though, the way he talks. You know, because it's yeah. the character of of, Gordon, oh, of, yeah, of <laughs> but the character of Gordon in uh, Twin Peaks that he plays is just basically an exaggerated version, kind of of him, you know, like if he was deaf. But I just there's something just oh my god, he's just he's a magical man. He really is, yeah. and I just I love watching him um, and the way he, he puts things across. In, it could be construed as being a bit fucking hippie bollocks, but the way he puts it across, it's not. And he puts it across in layman's terms to a degree as well.
0: Yeah. yeah Give yeah. you
3: some sort of understanding of, of the creative process. Like not obviously you're know, telling you what the film's about and stuff, but it's, he's just, he is a unique and brilliant man. And the more I'm going down the Lynch hole, shall we call it? Yeah. Um, it's just I like I was crying. Uh, literally, I was crying in an interview crying. that him and Naomi, Naomi were doing. And when I was oh, watching mm. it today, because it was just like, Was really you really that know?
1: interview? An interview with them.
3: Yeah, with them too. You see that?
1: Yeah, I I, I pretty much well oh, watched that as well. It's yeah. just
3: it's just unreal. Like it was kind of like a, a a joy sadness, but a joy of this being introduced into my life. Um, yeah. and, and the thing is, it could be unaccessible and it could be perceived to be pretentious, but it's not. No, it's could, absolutely could, not. Well, you could take it that way. You know, you could be a cunty mm. fucking uh, film critic for The Guardian. <laughs> but... Like
1: everything, you can you can interpret everything yeah. that does in any way. Yeah. You can interpret it potentially if you want. It just it means nothing.
3: But when you've got three sort of normalist lads who are doing a podcast and coming out with all this sort of stuff, it's like it's accessible. You know, we're not fucking mm. film crickets, crit- critics for The Guardian or whatever. You know what I mean? We're not no. film crickets either. We're no. not fucking Quentin Cunting Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, good. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, I'm still reading, still reading, still reading. Re- <laughs> I still will. <laughs> you know, I lads.
1: Let's get over it. We need, we need to have all sorts of people. Not every film can be David Lynch. Or <laughs>
3: Nobody
1: watched films um, anymore.
3: Come back, when, come back when you're old enough, Quentin. You say we got together
0: uh, and we do David Lynch films. Right, that's what we do. This is the uh, Lynch mob. That's that's our thing. We we analyse one of his films. Try just watching one and that's it. Try just watching one only and just say, what well, only watch it once. It's impossible. You have you to watch yeah. it again. If anything, yeah. I, I'm ashamed it's... that I didn't watch it a third time before we had the pod. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's still it... stuff I really want to delve into. And then you start looking. And then you start analysing who it he's becomes, working with.
3: I mean, it becomes a little bit too much like you said, I wanted to watch it again. And I think it was mm. the big th- first watch of the big throw of the last half hour. Yeah. That's when you try to correlate, you know, the different personas of people. What's going on, and you don't, you know, it's hard to. It's yeah. quite a, a short bit. That last bit in it. I'm not saying it's rushed, but it's a lot happens in that half an hour. Then you've got to correlate that to the rest of the film, and it's like, whew! So, you know, you need to. Yeah. That's, that's probably the bit you need to watch the most, kind of thing, you know.
1: Well, that's that's it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot richer a thing that he produces that than a lot of other things that you consume. A lot of things a lot of films these days, once you've watched them, you watch them, you kind of understand them. There's no urge to go back and try and find out any little details. Unless you're a mega fan of something, there's no particular need to do so. But every Lynch film that I've seen, every Lynch thing that I've seen, cannot be watched once and left. You you can, but you'll miss out on so much. Yeah, so many layers. It's just, everything he does that has uh, rewatchability. that, uh, like like nothing I've ever seen before, It, it, Totally, I mean, I found myself thinking about Mulholland Drive during the day, just just thinking, I wonder what that meant. And then, like, I'll maybe have a revelation or something. I'll I'll send uh, a message to Cliff and stuff like that, and say, just I've had an idea about this, but it could be that. But nothing, no other thing that I consume, aside from maybe some books that I've read in the past, have that ability to keep you entertained many, many hours and days after you've actually watched the film. Exactly. I think, I think that's
0: one of the reasons as well, apart from that we we're all busy, that we couldn't do one a week. <laughs> oh, God. It'd be too fast. It'd be too fast to watch one and then analyse it because you need time. Totally right. Like, I've still I got think, stuff yeah. written here which I've not said. <laughs> I, I sent a picture to John before, and it shows the driving up to that uh, club, uh, Silencio. But well, as they drive up, there's a parking lot and so there's parking bays here. One says parking bay eight, but the way they've done the eight is in front of you. Now, if you're parking up, you'll be parking on a sign and going in so that eight would turn to an infinite sign. So (laughs) is he saying that this is in a loop? Is what you're watching as a continuous? Well, it, loop. yeah,
3: it is because it, it starts. It's it is kind of because it starts the exactly. tiny. It could be nothing, but I just uh, yeah. like
0: John knows when I watch it, I'm looking at numbers mm. constantly, and I'm like, "What's that?" And then I had a look online, and someone else had spotted it already. Twats. I always think I'm quite, mm, quite yeah. special. Always, <laughs> <laughs> always.
3: <laughs> well, I think well that is the enjoyable thing, isn't it? Like we're sort of saying yeah. about Lynch films is that the, the theories are enjoyable. Yeah. And no, I mean I talk about I've not really gone on the internet. and, you Know seeing what people say because a lot of the time, and, and not with necessarily Lynch, it does me. heading where people sometimes their opinions are a bit horrible and things like that. Yeah, but I think most Lynch fans it's lovely, the theories are shared, yeah. you know, and they bl- the designed to sort of go, fuck yeah. And then what about this? You know, that's the sort of beauty So so clever.
0: (laughs) So have we decided which Lynch film we're going to do next so we can tell the listeners in advance?
1: we decided this already. Inland Empire. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, so we're going to to do that one next, which is... That's
1: kind of his latest film, isn't it? Yeah, 2006. That was his last
0: film. 2006. Yeah, 2006. So that's that's also the year he got divorced as well. So let's see if something like that has an influence within the body of the film. Sometimes directors do that. That'd be good. So, yeah. Inland Empire, that will be a good one to watch. So, we'll, we'll watch that one next. Um, Bob, you got any last words before we sign off as another lynch mob?
3: God thanks again, man. It was like, its yeah, this is a its a beautiful head fuck of a journey. It's great. It's yeah. the best way to fuck your head that's not drugs. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> and, and and drugs don't enhance it. Believe me, they send you fucking loopy with you watching <laughs> this shit. Oh, there was one question I forgot to ask. Is that the arm stood up behind a man? You know, is the the mafia head or whatever? Is that the arm's yeah. head on top of a yeah. l- of a? Per- uh, uh,
1: no, it's um, it's the same guy.
3: Yeah. No, is that, but, but it's the same actor. Know. But the same actor stood behind a chair.
1: I don't know. Maybe. Well, yeah. You know what? I never
3: looked at it
0: that way. I'm gonna, I'm well, gonna i to zoom into it, that his, one. I'll his his
3: face his face looks like the arm. The guy that plays the arm. In, it is that peaks. guy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: John, do you got a last word? Well, you know, this film is, uh, like I say, it is now currently and without a doubt my favourite film I've ever seen. Everything that I'm finding in this lynch mob thing is, is utter gold and my life has been enriched immeasurably by having to share it with you guys. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, all power to it. Long may it continue, apart from the fact that there's a limited filmography to go through. but So it has to end eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. good.
0: (laughs) Okay, and we'll leave it there now. Thank you very much, everybody. That's been another lynch mob. Thank
2: you. i uh-huh.